seeking after you, Lord. May we, may we be hungering after you, Lord. I pray, God, that you would uh, do this work that Peter has spoken of here, Lord, that we would, that you, we would uh, uh, seek uh, to, to, to increase and, and that we would not be ineffectual and unfruitful as we seek to, to be a reminder of, of just your grace and your mercy, Lord. And I pray, God, for give us, give us that uh, hunger desire to, to, to know this sure and, and, and promising word that you proclaim for us. I ask this in your son's name. Amen. This morning, as we continue in uh, this passage in Deuteronomy, as we kind of conclude this, this section, this is the third on this uh, Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 22, this section, we conclude this about prophecy. Uh, as we kind of co- close this, I want to uh, make just a couple of mentions. You know, this is uh, the idea of prophecy is a very difficult and very large uh, uh, topic, and, and, and there, there's no way that, that uh, three or, or 33 sermons could ever con- conclude all that this is about and, and try to bring this in. Uh, I think there's, there's a whole lot of confusion about prophets and prophecy, and, and uh, um, it, 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 it's, it's really a, a, a sad that uh, this, this brings that this thing that God has given to bring unity can bring so much disunity and through some, some understandings and misunderstandings and, and uh, 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 some, just some really uh, uh, bad applications. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that we said before and we've said even this morning that, you know, prophets were never about foretelling the future. They were not, they were never uh, fortune tellers. They were never this guy who just came in, you know, it was, it was, that was, that was never the role of a, a prophet. It was a future orientation, but not because the prophet saw the future. They, that was, that, that, that is a, a, a horrible uh, understanding of what the biblical role of prophets were. The prophets were always, first and foremost, these representatives of God who would say, thus saith the Lord. They, you know, they would, God would say he was going to do something, and, and it wouldn't be about the future. And, and all they're doing is saying, this is what God said. You know, it's almost like, like for us today, it's, it, it, if I came and said, oh, well, I, I had this vision of Jack going to, to Marion, Marion, South Carolina. Well, no, I don't. Jack told me he's going to Marion, South Carolina. You know, that's what he said. Well, that was the same thing with prophets. It was, it was God said, this is what I want to do. And that was the role of prophets to, to, to proclaim uh, uh, what, what he was going to do. And it's a, a very specific uh, role. And, and as we look at this this morning, as we close this section out, I want us to, to uh, have a better understanding of prophecy and, and even how it applies to us today as believers as we uh, are to, to use it. So let's, let's look at uh, Deuteronomy 18 as we consider this passage 9 through 22. And as we finish this, this section over living under the authority of God that, uh, that as... as Moses has, has directed us. Deuteronomy 18, verse 9 through 22. And we're going to focus on, on 20 through 22, but, but as we said last week, this really one whole passage, one whole section, is just, uh, we just need to kind of break it up and cut, take it apart. So Deuteronomy 18, verse 9. When you come into the land that the Lord your God has given you, you shall not learn to follow the abominable practices of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering, anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes, or interprets omens, 
or a sorcerer, or a charmer, or a medium, or a necromancer, or one who inquires of the dead. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you. You should be blameless before the Lord your God. For these nations which you are about to dispossess, listen to fortune tellers and to diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do this. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet, like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen, just as you have desired of the Lord your God in Horeb on the day of the assembly, when you said, Come we not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, or see this great fire any more, at least I die. And the Lord said to me, They are right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words, that he shall speak in my name, I myself required of him. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, that I have not commanded him to speak, or, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how may we know that the word of the Lord has spoken? When a prophet speaks in, my, in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. As we said, today we're going to complete this section on prophets. And, 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 what this, and, and as we looked at this, and we said all in this section, we're here in this very center part of Deuteronomy. We discussed the, the king, the priest, and the prophet. This, all these roles that are about Christ in all of Deuteronomy. Is about Christ. All this, all this about Deuteronomy is not a book of morals for us to live. It is about this one that God is going to raise up. This one who's going to, who, who's going to meet this need. It's about Him. And and it, it's it's important to note that this section is not about prophets. It's not about all prophets. It's about the prophet like Moses that God will send. We're very, we're talking about a very specific prophet here. And the context of this section is very, very critical so that we understand that what this means and how it's applied to us. What does this prophet look like that he's going to send? What about this prophet that God's going to raise up like Moses that we're to listen to? Moses is telling them and to us, every one of us, that when we come to this land, we're not to learn to follow the practices of the inhabitants, as we talked about in verses 9 through 12. We're not to, we're not to learn from them. We're not to follow them. We're not to see their, their demonic practices, their abominable ways. And we're not to, we're not to copy that and emulate that and, and, and to, 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 to live like that. We're not to let the world teach us how to live. And, and we said, we do. We did. We've learned. You know, our temptation is to say that, that, that Oh, we don't do that today. We, we, don't, we don't follow those. You know, no one follows the necromancers. You know, I've never been to a fortune teller. I don't, I don't, I don't read tarot cards or know anybody who does. We're not doing all, that, all that, that, that stuff today. We're certainly not offering our, our children to Baal, you know, as they did. And, so, you know, people talk about this being abortion, but this is much more than that. As we said when we, we talked this section, we still... Today, our sacrificing our children 
and our families on the altar of convenience and pleasure, we would say, well, but they're not passing fire. Yeah, we are. You know, we, 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 we see that even now. We see families that are, that are passing through the fires. Children that are being, being taken through the fire all in the name of convenience and comfort. It's happening. We still look for wisdom and guidance and other things other than God rather than following Him. No, we're not following horoscopes. But we're still making decisions because that's why the world does it. Same way. We still follow the wisdom of the world. And God said, this is not what you are called to do. As we discussed in verse 13 and 14. You, you are not ordained to do this. You are called to live blameless before God. Why are you listening to the world? You know, there should be a clear contrast between the way you live and the way the world lives. They shouldn't look the same. Unfortunately, far too often, far too often, as you know, the way we live and the way the world lives looks exactly the same. You know? How do you explain no difference in the divorce rate in the church and out of the church. How do you explain the, 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 just the uh, 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 broken families and, and, and more than that, the, 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 the just lack of discipleship with the kids and just, I mean, all of this, is, they're so different. God said, no, you were to be blameless. You were to look different from the world. And yet, we look around more and more and we see as, as our society decays and deteriorates, we see the same thing in the churches. You know, as, as, as Gail pointed out a couple weeks ago, even some of the most holy important things to us, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, to so many within the church, it's Easter bunnies and eggs, isn't it? Where do we learn that from? Certainly not from God's Word. We listen to the world. We took wisdom from the world. And, 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 and Moses is saying, God, that's abominable practices. And you've learned that and you follow that. You were not to look like that. You were to be different. So God's answer is to send a prophet. A prophet. He's not sending, his answer wasn't to send prophets. He was going to send one, a prophet. And as we said, this prophet is different from the priest. It's a different role. The priest was the representative of man for God. The priest's role was to be there and, and, and to be man's representative to stand before God. He was, he was to, to represent man. The prophet, on the other hand, is to represent God before man. He was this one coming from God. He was this representative of God to speak on God's behalf, to speak, thus saith the Lord. And and God said the answer for you, because he knew that we would listen to the world and would follow the world, was to send a prophet. 
And because he is standing for God, this is a scary thing. So in, so in Horeb, when the people were so rightly were afraid of hearing God's voice, they asked Moses, you speak to us on God's behalf. For if God speaks, they will sure that we I'm sorry, if God speaks, we will surely die. Verses 16 and 17. God said, they're right. They need to understand they're right. And as we talked last week, there's this, there's this, there's this, this attitude in the church. Well, God's a loving God. The only reason, you know, I mentioned last week that I think a lot of people that 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 when they hear this, they would say, Well, they just didn't understand about God. If they understood God better, they wouldn't say that. God said, yeah. If they see me, if they saw me in my holiness and my righteousness, they see that holy fire, they're going to say, don't let him come near me. God is a holy, righteous God. So God says, I will send a prophet. And it's to him that they're to listen. We're to listen to him. And so there's this, there's this call to, to, to hear the voice of the prophet, which is the voice of God, and to follow him. And you say, well, but didn't God send a lot of prophets? Yeah. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. All these were prophets that God sent. But all these were to be types and pictures of that one true prophet. They were not just to speak about the prophet, they were to be that picture of that prophet. Sort of funny, I think Jeff, you mentioned, or no, sorry, Alex, you mentioned this morning in Sunday school about by, by God's providence. We're also talking about prophecy in, 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 in Ephesians. So it's like, uh, so much of what you're saying, I, I told Carolyn, there it is, you know, so we're going to hear a lot of this. So those who are in Sunday school, you can take a nap. I'm, I'm just kidding, please yeah. <laughs> um, but, but Alex mentioned this morning, he said, you know, the, the picture of a prophet was not a pretty picture in the, in, in, in the Old Testament, was it? It, it was it was it was it was hard. It, there was trials and, 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 and there were difficulties and there was tribulation. I mean, sort of like Christ. Yeah, they were to be this picture. They were to be that picture of that one true prophet that God was going to raise up. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm not a cessationist, and, and, and I know many people are in, in, in a sign. Um, but, but, but just as I believe that there's only one true high priest, and there's no more high priest after that, I, I believe there will never be another prophet. Capital P, prophet. Christ is the fulfillment. He was the one. He, 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 was, he was the high priest. And, and all the high priests were to be pictures of him. And there's never another one. There were prophets, and all the prophets were pictures of him. Now God has raised up the prophet. There may never be another one. He's also the only true king. All other kings we find in Old Testament were pictures of that one true king. There'll never be another. So what does that mean about all this that's going on now that we hear? All the people who say they got a word from the Lord. Does God not speak now? Of course he does. I, I said there are no prophets. I didn't say there are no prophecies. 
As we know, we have a whole scripture of prophecy, don't we? We read that in 2 Peter. All of this is the prophetic word of God. So now, God's voice is speaking clearly from his word. This is the more sure word that we're experiencing from heaven according to 1 Peter chapter 1. That we have this prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you do well to pay attention as the lamp shining. And so all of the prophets beforehand were pointing toward Christ and say, there's a picture of that and say, there's a Christ, there's one coming. There, there's there's a, 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 a prophet, a king, a priest who's coming. Look to him. And all the prophecies after that are to look back and say, that was the one. He was the priest. And one of the interesting things I find in, in, in 2 Peter chapter 1 is that this verse, that we have a, a more fully confirmed prophetic word Paul, that, that Peter mentions was even more fully confirmed than that personal testimony he had. He said that we heard, let me read this again. He said, we're talking about the Mount of Transfiguration. When, when Peter wrote in, in 2 Peter 1.17, For when we received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was born, was born to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. He said, we ourselves heard this very word from God. I mean, could you imagine that? Here you are, you're sitting there, and you hear God's very voice coming from heaven. Could you imagine that? Just that, that feeling of hearing God speak audibly from heaven? This is my beloved Son. And as great as that would be, Peter says, God, we got something better we got something better even than that. We have the prophetic word fully confirmed, which was the life of Christ. All that. Which really, kind of a, as kind of a side note, I know that, that people talk about the value of testimonies, and I don't want to discount that, but it's the word of God that changes lives. Your testimony is great, but it's the Word of God that changes lives. So now the voice of God, which is the Spirit moving, is clarifying, applying, or expositing His Holy Word. The canon or the measuring read that is used to measure every other word is this, this word. This is why the canon is closed. And as I said last week, anyone who does not listen to the prophet, God will require it of him. As I said in Deuteronomy. And, and we, I really didn't spend a time on this. You know, the, it's interesting that word required. So uh, three times in Genesis 9, uh, 1 through 7. And, and I thought I, I wanted to spend a second with this. In Genesis 9, 1 through 7. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens, upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea into, into your hands they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. 
and I will give you the green plants. I'll give you everything. But you shall not eat flesh with his life in his blood. And for your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning. From every beast, I will require, and from man, and from, every, and from his fellow man, I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made a man in his own image. And if you will be fruitful, multiply, and increase greatly upon the earth, and multiply so, and so here we find this this nature of God's command. There is a blessing, but with this blessing is a warning. And if we fail to heed the blessing, if we fail to, to hear this, God will require it. God will bring his, his judgment upon him. And certainly, we find in Jesus Christ no different. Jesus Christ comes proclaiming the good news. The prophet, he comes proclaiming the Uyongion, the gospel, the good news. And, and, and certainly we know this, and there's a blessing in this. But there's also a warning. This term, Uyongion, was, was where well, we get gospel from, or evangelist is the same word. It, it, it was a very specific word in the, in the Greek. It, it, was, it was a term that was used when the messenger brought the news from the battle. This would be what, the, what the, the, the runner would do when he would come running through. He would proclaim the gospel, the good news. He, here he'd come running through the, vi- the village and would call, good news, the king's won, our troops have won. We, we, we're success. It was good news. But only from one side, wasn't it? That's the nature of, of, of winning battles. It's good news for one, but not necessarily good news for the other, is it? For the other side, it's rather rather disappointing news. John 3, 17 and 18, For God did not send his, world, his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. The gospel has both the the blessing and the warning or disaster. If we do not listen to the prophet, then God will require it of us. But what about the false prophets of verses 20 through 22? How does that apply to us? Glad you asked. As he said, kind of focus of this, but the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how will we know that the Lord has spoken when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord if it does not come true or come to pass, come to pass or come true? That is the word that the Lord has not spoken. As I said earlier, this, the, the context of this message is about the prophet. So ultimately, how do you recognize the prophet that God has sent like Moses? Namely, Jesus Christ. This is how you're to know him. This is how you're to, to recognize him as Christ. Every prophecy that he spoke would come true. And it does, by the way, just in case you're wondering. Every one of Christ's prophecies came true. So every, every prophet that is a picture of him 
Jesus Christ, would also have to prophesy rightly, or he would be a false prophet, a false picture. And it was a very serious thing. And the, the scary part about the messages of the, the false prophets were pretty consistent in the Bible. As we read in Jeremiah 23, 16 and 17, Thus says the word of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesied to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, It shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, No disaster shall come upon you. So here are these, these false prophets, and, and their message is, be at peace. Everything's good. It's all well. And the problem is not the hope and security. Because we know in the gospel there is hope and security. The problem is the basis of their hope and security. It was vain. It was empty. And the scary part about these prophets, about this, is these prophets came and they presumed to speak on the uh, to speak for God. Now notice this: Deuteronomy is not accusing them of doing this intentionally. It's not saying they're coming with the intention of, of, of trapping you or or misleading. You. It's not saying they just presume to speak on the God. I mean, they're they're coming to bring you good news. Be at peace. All's well. You read through Jeremiah, and, and, and the prophets would say, God loves Jerusalem. He's not going to destroy us. It was reasonable. But they were false prophets. They were bringing a hope that was found in something other than Jesus Christ. And if they do that, they stand of doing this presumptuously. The ideal of presuming to speak for the Lord carries, carries the ideal of doing this proudly, of, of, of pride. It's a very interesting word. I told Carol this morning, it's, it's very interesting. There's two places it shows up particularly that I want us to read and look at. Uh, the first one I'll read to you is Exodus uh, 18, 20. And the other one I'll, I want you to read it with me. Because it's kind of kind of interesting. It's in Genesis 25, but in Exodus 18:10, it sounds exactly like you think it would. Exodus 18:10 and 11, Jethro said, "Blessed be the Lord who has delivered you out of the hand of Egyptians, out of the hand of Pharaoh, and has delivered you from the Lord under the hand of the has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I I know the Lord is greater than all gods because in this affair." They dealt arrogantly with the people. So here's, he's saying that these people, they were, they were arrogant. Same word that, that, that uh, presume, this translated presume in, in Deuteronomy. This, this ideal that this is how they acted. They, they, were, they were arrogant. They, they, they were presumptuous in the way they t- treated the people. They did not treat the people as, as children of God. They did not treat the people rightly. They treated them in a very arrogant way. But look at with me in verse in Genesis 25, 29. It's a very, very kind of common passage that we know. Genesis 25, 29. 
So in verse Genesis 25, 29, once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field, and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew, for I am exhausted. Therefore his name was called Edom. And Jacob said, sell me your birthright now. Esau said, I am about to die, and what use is, is a birthright to me? Jacob said, swear to me now. So he swore to him, and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. So I'm curious about this. I hope you read along with me. Which one of those words do you think was translated presume? Anybody feel brave enough to kind of say which word they think it was? Despise. Despise? Good guess. Swore. Swore? Let me narrow it down for you. It's in verse 29. It's in verse 29. So let me read this again, verse 29. At once, when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in for the field and he was exhausted. I'm sure you see it now, right? It's right me, like, did he read the right verse? Because I tell you, this is this was me this morning. I mean, I looked at this, or not this morning, but when I found this, I looked at this and really, it's in this talk. I, mean, I actually, because I use blue blue letter Bible, I actually went out and got my Strong's Concordance. I wanted to make sure you know, the whole big one, you know, the great big, and and sure enough, it is in verse twenty nine, and it is translated as cooking. It is cooking. He was cooking his porridge. Thought is, is way. Way the old King James translated it. You look at that and say, man, that, there's, there's something, there's something, I mean, nothing presumptuous about that, is there? But yeah. The way that, in, in, in this action, so it's kind of interesting. Uh, this is really, that's a really kind of interesting word that he uh, brings in here. Once when Jacob was cooking stew, he, this, 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 he, he, presumptuous, proudly cooking this stew. And Esau came in from the field and was exhausted and asked for it. Um, this, this, this understanding that, that these people, that these, these prophets, false prophets, this idea of this greasy kind of guy coming in and kind of slipping in, just not, not necessarily there, guys. The prophet, um, that they, 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 you know, they were. Um, you were to know that that these prophets were not the true picture of the of the prophet. Uh, they were not the true picture of the prophet. Not because of, uh, they they were coming in to steal or whatever, but because there was error in their message. The prophet that God was going to raise up would only speak the truth. Would always be faithful to proclaim what God said, and that is Jesus Christ. Every prophetic word spoken by Christ came true. So we're going to have confidence in the prophecies we're still waiting on. So, so, so the fact that God, that everything he said revealed him as the true prophet. But what about these false pictures, those men who spoke presumptuously or proudly in the name of the Lord? 
They already put to death. This is a very serious offense. Verse 20. The same prophet shall die. Well, I'm sure glad we don't have prophets today, don't you? We don't have men that are standing for others proclaiming, thus saith the Lord, right? Of course we do. This is what I'm doing right now. No, I'm not the picture of the prophet that is God. But I'm, I'm to stand here and proclaim, yes, this is what he said. This is who he is. This is the one that he did raise up. And this is just as serious and therefore just as frightening. I'm not the prophet that presumes to speak in the Lord's name, but I am saying, thus saith the Lord, and, and, and it is scary. And it should be. Because like, like the prophets, I may not be coming with bad intentions. I really might be coming to bring you hope and comfort. But if it's not founded on Jesus Christ, it's empty. If it's not pointing toward Him, if it's not on Him and His righteous alone, if it's not on what He did, it's vain. It's empty. I have to. I, I really believe when I when I read, you know, I started thinking about that those those prophets and that that. That Jeremiah spoke of, and, and here you are, you're in the city, and the city's surrounded, and, and, and it looks so disastrous. And here are these men, and they're, they're just trying to bring comfort and peace. It's all going to be well, and God's going to watch over us and be comfortable and rest. I mean, I have to think some of them might have been really trying to help, they thought. But somehow brought something other than the reality of who God was and what He spoke. <laughs> And it was vain and empty and scary. I told, I told the guys yesterday, I think had I, if I knew then what I know now, I never would have spoken the first time. I never would have proclaimed the first time. Because I'm thinking, this, this is scary stuff to come up and say, thus said the Lord. This is serious. It's a scary thing, isn't it, Corey? To say to stand up and say, thus it, I'm reading this and, and, and I read that. And he said, the people that did this wrong, put them to death. And, 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 as, and as Corey and I talked about it, what's, what's really amazing is people say, well, you know, the prophecy of the day, it's okay if it's a mixed falsehood. Right? No. We've got a more sure word now than they did then. It's just the opposite. They were looking forward we get to look back. This is, this is scary. But if I had the same responsibility to, to frightfully and, 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 and with a feeling of awe approach the seriousness of this text, so do you. Because notice this is verse 21. And if you say in your heart, how may we know the words have spoken? I'm sorry, the word that the Lord has not spoken. He's saying, every one of you have the same responsibility to judge the word. Yes, the, 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 the prophet has the responsibility to say, thus saith the Lord, and, and to approach this awfully with a sense of awe and fright. 
And you have the responsibility to hear it. And to say, is this what God spoke? Is it, it's what I heard here. Is this the Lord speaking to me? Every one of you are to be Bereans. Acts 17.11 Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word without eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if the things were so. Every one of you had that, had that same responsibility. You cannot say, well, I heard it from the prophet. I heard it from that person proclaiming over there, so man, he said it, so I'm, you know, I'm going to just believe that. It doesn't work that way. You have responsibility. Just as every single person up to that point had a responsibility to look and say, is this a true picture of that prophet, of the prophet like Moses? Is this the one? You have the same responsibility at the end to say, is what he's saying true about that prophet? Is, is it, we're really speaking about that prophet? Is, is, he, is he bringing the warning with the hope that, are, that rests on that prophet and that prophet alone? Or is there something else? He said, don't be afraid of the false prophet. He was speaking presumptuously. Don't worry about him. The implications, though, are instead, fear not hearing the word of the prophet, the one like Moses, the one that God will raise up. He's not saying don't be afraid at all. Don't be afraid of that prophet. Don't worry about that one. This is a, a, a this, all this it, 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 it is an awe-inspiring text. God said, I will raise up the prophet. And everyone who speaks is speaking of this one. And so we have a tendency to listen to the world, don't we? All the time. We have a tendency to listen to the world, to follow the world. Because it makes no sense to us. We were raised this way. But this, this whole passage in Deuteronomy is about don't do that. Don't listen to the world. Listen to the prophet. To, to a prophet like Moses that God will raise up, who is Jesus Christ. He is the one we're listening to. And he, all of this, this whole scripture, is about him. This is the prophetic word that's been more fully confirmed, which we do well to pay attention to. This is what, what brings us this maturity that Paul, that Peter is speaking about. It, it, it being remembered of this word and applying this to the life. Knowing that first and all, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord, it is um, truly an awe-inspiring thing that you spoke to us. Lord, I, I just, it's, it's, it is, um, 
It, is, it should be with fear and, 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 and reverence and with a, with a sense of trembling every time we, we open your word and read what you spoke. And may we, may we, uh, Lord, we, we, we know we, we fail so often, we get wrong so often, Lord, and we, we're, we uh, tremble before you. We're so thankful, God, that our hope find, is found in our comfort and, and, and our security is found in listening to the words of the prophet. As a core reminder this morning, the Great Commission, Matthew 28 itself, when he sent the, the apostles out, the, the, the point as, as they went out to, to prophesy the plan was to, was to speak all the words that you commanded. Speak your word, what you said, both by word and by action. We proclaim you and you only. Lord, may we never um, approach your word with less than, than, than just an overwhelming feeling of awe and rejoicing that you spoke. We ask this in your son's name. To the Lord we pray. Amen.